0: Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. (laughs) Well, Southern California... Guess who creeped in the woodwork this morning? It's your old buddy Farley. And, God, can you believe these transits? I hate early cardinal transits. I wonder what I did to make myself this sensitive. And why does Venus have to rule the throat? I have a T-square in my Venus. Seems like no matter what you do, you're an astrologer, you understand the mechanics of astrologer, astrology, astrology, astrology-ski. You, you know what's what's approaching, you know? I've been an astrologer since 1976, and I'm an expert at knowing my own chart. And every time I know there's a transit hitting, even though you try to prepare for a transit or you try to prepare for a certain karma situation, like I knew my throat was going to be sensitive I really haven't done anything to deserve this, you know. But uh, <laughs> I must have done something somewhere, right, God? But anyway, I end up with a sensitive throat. Now, how are you supposed to do a radio show when you have a sensitive throat? You know, like, my throat is like my vital organ here on this show. But Venus rules the throat. And I'm having a T-score on my Venus. So I find myself spending all this money. You know, when you have a hard transit to your Venus, not only do we find ourselves in vulnerable financial situations, but oftentimes When you have a hard transit to your Venus, you find yourself without any money. (laughs) Because it's like you look at your Venus and go, well, I'm having a square to my Venus. Perhaps does this mean a couple of bills might crop up? No, kidding. How about $1,800 MasterCard bill out of left field that I forgot I owed? Went to the bank. I said, oh, by the way, how much do I owe MasterCard? And the guy goes, oh, almost two grand. I went, wonderful. I'm having a T-square on my Venus. So you actually, you try to prevent these things, being an astrologer, I call this issue that I'm talking about today fighting the transits. It's when you know you're having a transit, you know that something's happening in your life. You're even an astrologer, or you've called me, and I've told you that something's happening: impulse shopping, possibly a health transit, a career change, a relationship change. And oftentimes you'll say, "Ah, you know, no way, you know, like it's not going to happen. It won't occur." Especially those of you that are some of my better astrology students, when you know you're having a hard transit and you really don't like to be negative because you know. That when you are negative, it manifests. So you do whatever you can. Even if your life is very uncomfortable, you do whatever you can to reaffirm the positive and reaffirm the positive vibration because sometimes some of these harder transits just don't do well. So if people say, how are you? I say, oh, I'm wonderful. My throat feels fine. And that way you can manifest and overturn the effects of an unusual negative or uncomfortable transit. Or let's say you're having a, you know, you're going to have a transit with a relationship ahead of time. Like, you know you're going into an aspect where your Mars is going to be under severe attack from squares and oppositions and inconjuncts, or your Venus is going to be under severe attack. And you know that during this two, three-week period in September or July or August or whatever, that you are shown problems in relationships. And you say to yourself, Oh, I'm so glad I know there's going to be a problem in relationships, because this way I'll do whatever I can to overcome and avoid it and avoid relationships, right? And then July or August or September or whenever this transit hits, Bingo. (laughs) There you find yourself depressed because you just got rejected or someone you loved or cared about went out and cheated on you or treated you like dirt or whatever. And you find yourself down in the dumps because you couldn't avoid that transit. An old buddy of mine, I think Sidney Omar, was a guy who used to say, the stars don't impel, they compel. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, right. (laughs) You might think the stars compel you, buddy, but they sure as heck do a lot to impel me. I wonder what my life would have been like if i wouldn't have been an astrologer or if i had not been astrologically oriented of course i probably would have been very depressed and very insecure and very unemployed and very broke very homeless and very whateverless but uh, at the same time by understanding astrology it is interesting and it is fun to note that all vibrational changes that are upon us will pass it's usually a matter of timing I do also understand that, uh, unfortunately, even those people with dread illnesses, it's like it's not going to last forever. You know, either you're going to get better or you're going to die. You know, so all things really do, and they must pass astrologically. And that's where I find is the wonderment of life in this dimension, the fact that there is limitation. Who's to say, I heard a funny joke by Rita Rudner. She said that a friend of hers was having a baby. And she was in labor for 36 hours. And then Rita said, I don't think there's anything pleasant (laughs) I'd like to do for 36 hours. And I thought, really? (laughs) But you know, that's what life is really all about. When your chart gets hit by a hard transit, and God knows we try hard to avoid the turmoil of life. We try hard to be put in a situation where we are oversensitive or too sensitive or over-responsive to a certain situation. We always say to ourselves. Ah, we know we're supposed to say, so what? And we know we're not supposed to take this dimension personal. We know life's too short to take personal, right? But you're still in this body. Your soul, in its eternal form, is an incredibly limited expression in this body. And this body, serving as the life computer, receiving all the input and all the output and all the data, the brain has tremendous memory storage, tremendous data storage, and this body is subjected to certain impulses, are triggering, are being able to expertly set up situations that really put our foot and our hands and our feet in our mouths, you know, where we find ourselves totally embarrassed or say to ourselves, Why did we do this? Why were we so susceptible to loving, embracing, or caring or enveloping ourselves in a situation we know is totally wrong for us? We'll take the example of the totally spiritual, holistic vegetarian individual, let's say it's a woman. And all of a sudden she falls for a man she knows nothing about there's something about him. She obviously has a karma with herself concerning this man as a catalyst, and she goes up to him and she says, "You know what? There's something about you." And he goes, "I know, I know, there is something." And they spend some time here. They walk on the beach, and in first impulse and first impression, besides the fact she is having maybe a Pluto square Mars that just entered aspects, which is an intense karma with herself and men. She doesn't think about this, or maybe she does. Maybe she's an astrologer and she knows. She's walking on the beach with this guy. They decide to have dinner. After dinner, all of a sudden, he pulls out a cigarette and lights it up, takes a puff on it, and during dinner, he orders a whiskey. And then all of a sudden, she finds herself, wow, like, I used to smoke and I used to drink, and all of a sudden, I like this guy, but there's something about him that is a reflection of my own former negative devolved self. What do I do? In these transits, in these hard transits that we fight, we find ourselves falling in love, oftentimes, with a person, a beautiful person, who's an exact reflection of, of our own former devolved self. And then we're we're already locked in. We've held hands, we've kissed, we've walked on the beach, we formed that first impression that was a lock, and now he's smoking and now he's drinking, and after we get in the car to drive home, he has a joint rolled in his pocket, and he smokes the joint. And the girl feels crushed. She feels empty. All of a sudden, her high self-esteem that she learned from metaphysical training and chanting and prayers and meditation And her understanding of perfection in the universe, she feels crippled. She used to be a pot smoker. She used to be a drinker. She used to smoke cigarettes. And suddenly she finds herself weak and vulnerable because she cares about this guy. And she has a choice. The choice is to either say, you know what, I'm sorry, but we're not going to get along because you have certain habits that don't coincide with my lifestyle anymore. And I really had no idea you were a smoker, a drinker, and a pot smoker. And this is not consistent with my way of thinking. Of course, the other route is to have a total setback and just surrender to it. Light up a cigarette with them, have some whiskey, and smoke the joint. Total reversal. Total de-evolution. Might as well lock up the chakras and open them to entity interference once again after months or years of growth and evolution. You know what I mean? You get my point? See, we're human beings. A lot of us are very evolved, metaphysical, new age people that have spent our whole lifetime getting rid of bad habits. Our whole lifetime, like me, a guy like me has spent his whole lifetime, I overcame the smoking, I overcame the drinking, I overcame the meat, I overcame the drugs, and all that stuff, and I'm finally clear. What happens if I happen to have a liking for someone, and you never know? You know what, right? It's the old thing, you want to get to know somebody. Then when you get to know somebody, besides the fact they appear beautiful on the inside and have a beautiful reflection on the outside, you might find out they are an alcoholic, a drug addict, and a cigarette smoker, and then what do you do? You know what you do? You run. And you leave them a telegram. You say, dear friend, when you have sobered up, stop smoking and drinking, and we can relate on equal levels, here's my phone number. Until then, excuse me, I already read this book. (laughs) That's the kind of thing that happens over and over again. It's like this repetition in life. In life, we have highs and lows. We run cycles of wonderment, and then we run cycles of stress. It's like life is not 100%... Fulfilling ecstasy. (laughs) No matter who you are or what you are, you are constantly being tested. That's what the astrology natal chart is. The natal chart is an interesting instrument because the natal chart, which is the chart of your birth and all the planets frozen in space at birth, is typically an analysis of the vehicle that your body has absorbed. So your body represents a particular vibration and that vibration is susceptible to certain colors, to certain desires, to certain wishes, to certain flavors, no matter how your parents may try to raise you, no matter what kind of input you get from high school, elementary school, or college, the spirit will fight through, connected to the body, which is charged with that particular unique one-in-a-billion astrological vibration, and it will fight through to be itself, because what life is all about is self-expression. So obviously, your vehicle, because of its certain particular vibration, is obviously and logically going to be attracted to certain vibrations that will be similar and run a similar pattern. Maybe when you smoke and you drank and you took drugs or whatever and you ate meat, this was the typical type of person you would go after. Now that you're sober and holistic and vegetarian, you have to break that pattern because there could be a sensuous character to this vibration that your body has absorbed that is still attracted to the same type of person, forgetting that they might be into bad habits that you've worked out, I have a problem. I'll tell you what my problem is. Throughout my life, I'm too much of an adapter. I really do need a woman that is clear of drugs and alcohol, that is clear of meat and dairy products, and that is clear of depression and insecurity. You know why? Because I become their reflections. I can't hang out with a woman that smokes. I'm sorry. I'll pick it up. I used to smoke. It's too much of a temptation. I can't hang out with a pot-smoking woman. You know what happens? I adapt to that stuff. Uh, Women don't have to ask me to change because I automatically metamorphosize and become like them. That is why it is absolutely necessary that people you hang out with are people that are so close to the reflection of who and what you want to be. And if you don't get that reflection, then don't ever settle for anything less. Don't expect the person to change. The past is history and the future does not exist. All there ever is or will be is the now. And that's it. That's it. That's all there ever will be is the now. So when you look at that person across the dinner table or the one you're walking down the beach or holding hands with, maybe the first words out of your mouth should be those necessary questions of qualification. Are you karma clear? Do you have any attachments whatsoever emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually with other people? Do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you smoke pot? Do you snort coke? Do you smoke coke? Do you take drugs? Do you drink coffee? Do you eat meat? No, 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 no. I love you. Let's get married. That's the thing that goes on in life so oftentimes that we settle for things that are less than what we deserve and it really creates a taint in this mirrored reflection that we call life. It is so difficult to evolve and to be progressive and productive until you can walk forward And let go of those reflections that really are not you. And I think the problem we have in life during these difficult transits, fighting these transits that impel us to go through the constant test of being in the wrong career over and over again, of working for the same kind of boss over and over again, of being in the same kind of bad relationship with the same lying, cheating, devolved, unholistic, unsober, unspiritual person who might pretend to be. Oh, I only have a glass of wine every night and a couple of drinks during the weekend. I'm not an alcoholic, right? Hey, let me tell you something. Anyone I've ever met that drinks has low self-esteem. Just ask them. I don't care if they drink even one glass of wine at night. They do it. I listened to a wonderful show the other day, The Wally George Show. I tuned into it by accident. They had a wonderful man on the stands. Wally George was really upset about drugs and alcohol, and this man expressed the fact... Wally George was making such a big deal about drug dealers being executed and about drugs being such a bad problem, heroin, cocaine, marijuana. Do you know that alcohol is much more of a harmful drug, a legal drug, right, than anything that is ever illegal? More people die times a hundred or times a thousand from alcohol-induced diseases than for any other single reason. If you want to know what drug I think should be abolished, no offense, but liquor. That's why they call it intoxicating, because liquor is poison, and when you drink it, it's toxic. And Wally George must have a few drinks once in a while, because he, he didn't like that man, and he was in the hot seat, he'd pop that guy off the air, you know? He didn't want to hear that. We have a few thousand people dying from drug-related deaths a year. We have hundreds of millions of people dying worldwide from alcohol-induced diseases, heart disease, lung disease, liver disease kidney disease, cancer, and just total immunity breakdowns from our alcohol culture, which is so cute, and everywhere with these beautiful men and women in their whiskey bottles and stuff saying, have a drink, beer, 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 there's a massive liquor lobby out there, and I'm not trying to put you down if you drink, hey, I did, that's your problem, (laughs) you know, it's not my problem. The thing is, is that during these hard transits, we are all subject to having tremendous setbacks. We are all subject to being tested and confronted with negative reflections that can pull us down and bring us to a level of low evolution. If somebody wants to hang out with you and you see yourself as a spiritually evolved, holistic, sober, vegetarian, dairy-free person, then request that of them. Say, no offense, I'm not trying to ask you to change, but this is the kind of person I need, someone like me. And when you get there, call me. You know, when you have your chip, when you've gone to your meetings, when you've taken up some sobriety, and when you can stop your smoking, and when you can adhere to my lifestyle, fine. That's why smokers and drinkers and drug users hang out with each other. There's a reason for that, because they're that reflection. But so many of them are attracted to those of us that are also spiritual. People are married, right? One spouse is totally spiritual and and reaching a state of tremendous spiritual purity and evolution, and they're married to a pot-smoking, cigarette-smoking, beer-drinking alcoholic. And this is part of their reflection. This is a part of their reflection. This is a part of their past that they cannot let go of. I'm not saying to divorce the person. That's your choice. But one day if you did, maybe you would make room for someone who would be a more positive reflection, therefore making your life and these difficult transits a lot easier. It's tough to fight a transit, especially an exact number transit. I have Venus at 5 cancer. I don't remember when my Venus was under such heavy attack Mars, five Aries exactly squared on one side. Sun going on into five Libra this week. Sun, Mars, T-square on my Venus. Now, this is something I know. This is my chart ruler. This is a planet that rules my happiness factor, my philosophical factor, women, my throat, my kidneys, my freedom, my travel factors, money. And I'm being hit by every one of those things this week. And I'm an astrologer, and I know it, and I'm being tested, but I don't like it. So you know what I found myself doing today? Going back to the old spirit. And I was chanting the whole way to the station today, and I centered. You know what's really strange about transits? We forget. We forget the spirit, and we boggle our mind with all these details and all these anxieties. Farley, what's bothering you? You know what's bothering you. You know, admit it to yourself. Admit to yourself what's bothering you, and once you focus on the problem, chant it away. So here I'm in the car saying my own personal mantra over and over again for 25 minutes to the station, I feel wonderful. I feel enormously pleasurable. And that's why I'm here doing this topic today. Now, how are you supposed to fight your transits if you don't know what they are, right? Some people say, Farley, what are transits? Well, I'll tell you what transits are. There are two charts in astrology that I am most concerned with. The birth chart is the natal chart. See, all of us have two charts. Let's face it. The birth chart of the natal chart is that vibrational circuit that we absorb at birth. Okay, that's our vibration that stays with us during one whole lifetime, and creates a vehicle, a human vehicle in the body that the soul tries to express itself through. Also, you can get what is called the transit chart, see, because the heartbeat of the universe are the planets that never stop moving. When I say that Mars is five Aries and that it's square my Venus at five Cancer, that means the moving Mars in the sky is in stress aspect to my Venus, my private Venus at birth. When I say the sun is moving into a square to my Venus, that means the sun in the sky. I'm having a transit. I'm having a Mars square Venus and a sun square Venus. In the transit forecast, we tell you when you have these energy patterns, and we explain to you what they mean. This is how astrology works. We help prove to you the cycles of life and why you throw yourself in different behavioral patterns. Life, for me, has been so traumatic (laughs) at times. Pre my rebirth in nineteen seventy six, pre astrological and metaphysical Farley put myself through a heck of a lot of traumas, you know, besides almost dying of the flu in college and a couple of major wisdom teeth surgeries which I didn't like, and also besides um catching a ricochet in the eye from a BB incident, putting a stick through the roof of my mouth when I was a kid, getting bit by a puppy in my hand when I was a little boy. I mean I had these things happen being a Scorpio moon. You are tested constantly. And sometimes it's so gestalt. Life is so gestalt that if you go one place, it feels good. And if you go to the other place, you might think it feels good, but eventually you get shocked. But, you know, the interesting part about my life is that the reason why I'm a survivor is because I know how to re-center. And during these hard transits, we get ourselves in trouble. We put ourselves in hot water. We set ourselves up during incredible tests. I'm talking painful tests. Depends what kind of pain you're into. My specialty is emotional. (laughs) You know, some people like to go to the hospital. No way. I I somehow avoid that. You know, 40 years old, and thank goodness I, I can avoid that. But some people really do get involved in this pain syndrome. And I consider myself blessed because I know how to recenter. I'm a fanatic on recentering. In other words, what I do is I reaffirm my spirit I take a look at this body and this person, which is Farley Malaris and I get into a so what type energy because this is not me. This is not an eternal expression of my creative self. This is a limited expression. This is a flicker expression. What I do is I get into the eternal significance of the God force and my relationship to it. And I always get back to meditation and chanting and my mantras. I'll be honest with you, I'm not afraid to admit that i am a dedicated user of the hari krishna mantra you know hari krishna hari krishna 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 hari 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 rama hari rama 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 hari hari because it's wonderful for me to use in the car without closing my eyes it's outstanding for sobriety purposes because i know a lot of people that find it difficult to take drugs or smoke and use that mantra and also at the same time it works for me i've also used the zen buddhist mantra nam myo kyo I don't care if people get upset that I use more than one mantra. That's my choice. They're out there. I use them. I use a transcendental meditation mantra that I can't say out loud. But, you know, whenever I go back into those mantras, it never fails. It allows my body to form a bridge with my spirit, with my higher self, and put into perspective the karma that I'm going through that is causing this pain. Because usually it comes from a third-dimensional obsession of some kind, That may be a career, could be a woman, could be a financial thing, could be a physical thing, or just a low self-esteem symptom, and it never fails. That I am instantly granted a recentering, and it feels wonderful. I think that karma from the eternal cycle of the universe is ever-present. I really think that, unfortunately, the things that we are susceptible of doing thousands of years ago oftentimes are things that take us thousands of years to overcome. Uh, For example, the pull for power, the pull for competition, the pull for money, the pull for control, or the pull for lust and sexual dominance are things that are just basics that we all find necessary to overcome. You know, and only the few, you know, uh, can rise up above it. I was thinking today, gosh, I wonder what life would be like if I didn't need sex or love or romance. I wonder how efficient I would be if I wasn't always susceptible to looking at all these beautiful people, and gosh, I think I'd probably be a multimillionaire by now. I'm sure. Okay, there's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. I love you all. Have a nice day. Remember, life's too short to take personal. We'll see you real soon. Weekdays on K Fox ninety three point five FM at twelve noon. Bye, everybody.